Hey everybody, welcome to Renewing the Center. Uh, we're glad to have you with us as we are marching ever closer to Christmas. We're going to continue in the Gospel of Luke. We've, goodness, we've been in Luke for a while now, and we're just going to hang right on through for a little bit longer. This is Luke 19, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for uh, this moment, this pivotal moment in Jesus' life. And God, we also thank you for what this moment teaches us about crowds, um, us. Have mercy on us. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are marching, if you're listening to this podcast episode in real time, we're marching closer and closer to Christmas. And I use the word marching here because this is actually uh, a pretty intense walk that Jesus and his friends have just engaged. So over the last number of chapters, actually, Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem. And if you are a student of the scriptures, you know that for Jesus, Jerusalem meant crucifixion. It meant the cross, it meant death. Um, the disciples had an inkling of that. Uh, Jesus was uh, increasingly giving them clues that going to Jerusalem was going to mean trouble uh, for him and, and for them. Uh, they were with him. What happens to him would happen to them in the sense that trouble coming to him would mean trouble coming to them. Well, here they are. Uh, they walk from Jericho, where we were in the previous podcast episode, uh, to Jerusalem. And that walk from Jericho to Jerusalem is just 12 miles long. So if you are in reasonably good shape, you probably have been able to walk 12 miles in a day. But um, it's a massive climb uh, that this would have been a beast of a walk. I think about three, uh, 3,800 feet of elevation gain from Jericho, which is one of the lowest cities on the earth, to uh, which is below sea level, to Jerusalem, which is 3,000 feet above sea level. I mean, this would have been a beast of a hike. And there's something about that hike that I think is actually symbolic as well. Uh, not only did they really do it, it, it felt symbolic. It was grueling, grinding, moving from desert, ending up in somewhere really beautiful, the city of David, the city of God. And the disciples are with Jesus every single step of the way. And when they get to the place where Jesus gets on an animal. And it's the only time in the Bible where Jesus is recorded as doing anything other than walking. He walked everywhere he went. He wasn't an animal rider that we know of. And this is a moment where he rides. And that's really significant because this moment of riding is reminiscent of King David coming into the city as a conquering hero, as a, a king who had, had won victory. And so Jesus is 
riding into Jerusalem as a king. He's riding into Jerusalem as a triumphant king. Um, the symbolism there is so rich and beautiful. He is, he is king. And I, I, I find myself, and I know lately we've, we've been talking a lot about Jesus, about who Jesus is, really with less emphasis on us as followers of Jesus. Um, and I think that's been really healthy here. However, I, I want to sit with people. I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes. They're headed toward Jerusalem and they're preparing for trouble. The walk from Jericho to Jerusalem after those two powerful miracles in Jericho uh, was a grueling walk, which would have only spoken to them about what hard things were out in front of them. And you maybe have been here before. I know I have. Times where we just suck it up and realize we're about to do something really hard, but we're just going to put our head down and do it. I think that's where the disciples were. When they get to the Mount of Olives, everything changes. Uh, the scenery is lush and green and beautiful. The Mount of Olives is sort of pinnacle of the hill, and then you go down through an area called the Kidron Valley. You can look it up on Google. It's beautiful. On a clear day from the Mount of Olives, you can see across the valley into Jerusalem. And it's just a, uh, it would have been a beautiful, pleasant, refreshing place. And I, Think about these disciples, and I think, gosh, after something so hard, they're with Jesus the whole time. They're being faithful. They're being obedient. Maybe you're in a place like that right now in your walk with God where you're just like, this is so hard, but I am doing it. Then when they get to the Mount of Olives, like crowds swell, which makes sense. They were close to Jerusalem. The hiking was good. Uh, the scenery was beautiful and nice environments and circumstances are conducive to more people. And so more people show up and these people are throwing their cloaks on the road and they're singing and they're, they're affirming Jesus as King. And I wonder if the disciples at this point maybe began to think, maybe it's not going to be so bad. I've certainly had times in my own life like that, where I thought, man, I've just put my head down. I'm in for the grind. And then all of a sudden you're like, huh, Maybe this is going to be okay. Maybe it's all going to work out. And what we know, right, about Jesus and what we know about what happens in Jerusalem is that the cross is just around the corner. I mean, suffering and death await Jesus. Um, and yet, everything seems so good right now. And it got me to thinking in my own life about expectations, my expectations, and I'm sure this is true for you, my expectations are, depending on the day, hour, minute, they're all over the place. Some days the sky's falling, other days everything seems to be great. The disciples probably experienced both of those, the sky is falling and everything is great in one day. And it's confusing when our expectations are bouncing around all over the place. It's exhausting, actually. But here's the thing that I love about this passage. The disciples are not being invited to understand everything that's happening. They're just being invited to walk with Jesus. And one of the things I think I believe now more deeply than at any other time in my life is that I am not able to understand everything that's going on. But I am invited to follow Jesus. I'm invited to pick up my feet and put one foot in front of another and to go where he goes 
And if where he goes leads me through dusty, dry, grueling climbs or through peaceful, flowery, olive tree laden valleys, as long as I'm with Jesus, I'm where I'm supposed to be. My prayer for you today is that you would be present. I know some of you are listening to this right before Christmas, and Christmas is hard. Uh, For so many of us, Christmas is really hard. It's emotionally complicated. I want you to pick up one foot and put it in front of another and ask God for the grace to be present and to believe Him that He is present when you are present, that He is there if you are there. Our expectations are like storm systems or weather systems. They come, they go. Some days it's pleasant, other days it's oppressive. I once had a mentor recently, actually, in a discipleship formation curriculum. I was engaging with my wife, had a mentor say that when we're rooted and grounded in the Lord, we are like a mountain. We are rooted, grounded, established, and yet our emotions, and I would add to that in this place, our expectations are like weather systems. They come and go. They blow in, they blow out. And if you'll be still long enough, if you'll be with Jesus long enough, the expectations will move from one side to the other and reality will give way and you'll end up where you end up. And I think one of the gifts in front of us uh, with regard to the opportunity maybe of the end here of the Advent season, which can be a gift if we say yes, is to try to be present to God and to reality and to ask God to help us to recognize that our expectations actually have very little to do with reality. The disciples thinking it was going to be super hard or super great really had very little to do with reality. What they were being invited to do was to walk and follow and not only walk with Jesus, but walk with Jesus together. And I think we need each other in that regard. We need to be in the company of other believers because It's easier to walk with God together than it is by ourselves. And so my prayer for you today is that you would hold your expectations lightly. My prayer for you today is that you would put one foot in front of another and that you would do that with some people. God bless you. Go in peace.